The boo hag is a curious and obsessive creature that will not be able to pass by without counting each straw, hair, or hole. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are continuing our journey through the Urban Legends Wikipedia page and concluding probably the B section, which was very long basically because the word black is placed before a lot of scary things. Yes, but yeah. we're here. This is a conclusion mm -hmm. of sorts. Yeah. To get to the end of the bees is a momentous occasion. Huge. Um, I love when we do this. I am thrilled to get into this. Same. I'm excited to hear about yours. So I think let's just launch right in. William, that's so funny. I'm excited to hear about yours. What a coincidence. Huh. Okay. So let's first talk about the Black Volga. Had you ever heard of this before? No. I had not. It's kind of unsurprising because it's it's a an Eastern European thing. It's oh, okay. probably not something that would make its way over to us. So it's a legend that cropped up in the 60s and 70s about a car, a black Volga GAZ-21 or GAZ-24 that abducts people. Oh, the car itself. Well, there's a person driving it. But like, ah. if you see that car then like there's probably danger afoot. Interesting. Yeah. Almost like how in the US you might look at like a black panel van that used to be sort of like the thing. A black panel van? I always think people talk, joke about a white van. A white van? Really? Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I guess there's vans. Yeah, totally. But so this is the yeah. car. This is the evil car. Right. Or like when I was in elementary school, how there was the green car that was supposed to be trying to abduct children. And I sent a, I meant to ask mom about this. Mom, our mom is in the chat right now. We record live uh, at youtube.com slash pod. It was before you were in school. It was when I was in elementary school. Oh God. Mom, do you remember the thing about the green car? They said that it was somebody in a green car trying to pick up kids who had a troll doll hanging from their rearview mirror. Ugh. And if I remember right, they sent home or sent letters to parents to like let them know better or something. And mom is saying yes. She mom remembers. says yes. Yeah. Can mm -hmm. we just call mom real quick? Mom, will you answer if I call you? Yeah. Well, let's just find I out. I bet she will. Let's let's get mom on the show real It'd quick. It'd be funny if she sends you right to voicemail. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would make me laugh <laughs> a whole lot. She's not interested. Rogers. Hello. Is that how you always answer the phone? <laughs> I say Kathy Rogers. Oh, okay. I'll say Will Rogers right now. Hello. Hello. So do you remember this this green car thing? It was so damn scary. I bet. So did they send a letter home? Like, how did you know about it? No, I don't remember a letter. I remember a lot of mothers talking to one another about it. Okay. How how we'd heard that and to be on the lookout and then it died within a week and you know we got on with our lives hmm. oh okay so it was a quiet short rumor okay it was a quiet short rumor william i oh. i think it was longer among kids like i Probably. remember being in the like on the school bus would be like the green car is behind us and stuff like oh, that <laughs> well, i know that's both that's terrifying it is terrifying yeah it's both... i don't remember hearing about it from you okay that's yeah, but you know, we had some other things to pay attention to. You got to get dinner on the table. Uh -huh. Make oh. sure you've done the laundry. Yeah. Oh, believe me. <laughs> believe me. I know this life. <laughs> I um. And I guess when nobody got abducted, then you were just like, okay, I yeah, guess we're good. That was a talk about a green light. A green yeah, car. exactly. Mm -hmm. That I, was a green light to forget it. That yeah. is the definition, really, of what an urban legend yeah. is. Sort mm -hmm. of like pops up. 
It's hard to pin down the origin or whether or not it's even true, but everyone's talking about it. Yeah. It probably changed a bunch in the retelling. Mm -hmm. You saying that there was a troll doll hanging from the mirror could have easily been just another kid saying, here's what I heard. Definitely. There's a troll doll hanging, because troll dolls were big in the 90s. They yeah. were part of our consciousness at the time. They were part of our culture. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and we lived, quite frankly, we lived in the woodiest of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Middle of nowhere. So yeah. seriously. So it's a, yeah, it was a little, scary things could be afoot. Yeah, anything It'd might be, be happening. It'd be easy for somebody to, I don't know, hide. All right. Thank you, Mom. I, Thanks, I, Mom. Now I feel inadequate because I, I had completely forgotten that story about uh, the car. The green and car. And I feel like a bad mother. And, no, not, I mean, nothing uh, came of it. You're still here, so. We're still here. We got you. We I'm got still your standing. Right, I love you. All right. We love you, too. Right, love Thank you, too. you, Mom. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Um, okay, so there you go. The the green car thing might have been mm -hmm. maybe maybe there was a, a point of order, but that that in, a, I in don't know. itself exactly. again. I just love that that was sort of just a little microcosm urban legend, probably just yep. in the nineties in our town. Yeah, totally. And I should have reached out to uh, CJ, my childhood best friend, about it. Let's call her now. Just a series of phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, Black um, Volga. So yeah, the Black Volga is the green car of Eastern Europe uh -huh, uh -huh. in the sixties and seventies. And so depending on the country, uh, the actual vehicle might slightly change. For instance, Czechoslovakia had a black ambulance which okay. I think is awesome. That's cool. And other countries had other car models. So most of the stories are like the green car about child abduction. Um, some adult ab abductions. Did I say adult abductions? Something like that, yeah. Adult abductions. And depending on the story, it might either be uh, driven by the secret police uh, or it could be demons or Satan himself. <laughs> so it could literally be anything. Yes. So there are some like real world stories that still didn't happen, but right. like grounded in our reality and some that are like the devil's driving it. Yeah. So let's talk about the human bad guys first. So the most widespread story about the Black Volga is that it's driven by criminals to kidnap children and, har and harvest their organs or sell them into child slavery or, weirdly specifically, use their blood to cure rich people of leukemia. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, that's a weird one. It is. Um, sometimes in these stories, it's members of the clergy, sometimes... Uh, priests and nuns who are secretly satanists of course of more course. on him later oh okay uh there was also a story about a serial killer who would drive up alongside people and ask them for the time if that person answered the killer would grab them and kill them in some sort of horrific way but if they just kept on walking and didn't answer then they were safe like these arcane rules where it's like, who's yeah. not going to assume that you can just be like, I don't know, it's 2.30. Whoa! It seems pretty harmless. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, exactly. Um, so there was, like most urban legends, like a current, well, maybe not most, some, a kernel of truth that the stories might have sprung from. Because apparently um, in the early 1900s in Russia, there was a branch of the police called the NKVD who drove, who actually drove these cars, the black Volgas, which came from the Gorky automobile plant. Oh. I just included that because it was a fun name. Gorky. Gorky. Uh, the NKVD seems scary as hell. They had like, they could just kill people with impunity. Yeah. They put people into labor camps, gulags. Um, so people were used to this real life scary entity 
driving around in cars like that. Gotcha. And so the legends may have sprung from there later on through the 1900s that they're like dangerous people who are driving these cars and might disappear you, which was true at a certain point. Um, there's also a theory that these rumors were intentionally spread by the government so that people go, oh, that's so ridiculous. Like the Black Volga thing, it's sort of a joke. And then write off actual kidnappings yeah. that are happening in these cars. That's pretty insidious. It is. I mean, you know, I don't know a ton about the history of Russia and everything, but it seems like they have had some insidious dealings. Oh, so for sure. While generally I would go like, that sounds kind of far-fetched. Oh, I'm not saying it's far-fetched. It just just sounds like the kind of like psychological warfare of like, we are taking people off the streets. Mm -hmm. So let's proliferate an insane rumor. Yeah, like, oh, there's a serial killer who's going to ask for the time. So then nobody's really afraid of the Black Volga. Right. Because they might just look at it. That's just the thing kids are afraid of. Meanwhile, it really is. Mm -hmm. That's what they say in the faculty. Yeah. Elijah Wood says like maybe they release all these movies about aliens yeah, to, to just, cover up that aliens actually are real. Yeah, it just it seem desensitize you to the idea. Yeah. Totally. Um, the most likely explanation is that it's just inspired by the NKVD driving these cars and the rest of it is just imagination and made up. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Um, and then the ghost bad guys, the stories of demons and Satan driving the car. It's It's really short. It seems like people leaned more on the real life idea, which again, okay. I think supports the theory that it kind of sprung from those real secret police driving these cars. But anyway, it's also said that the devil or demons will drive this thing and do something very similar to that serial killer. They ask for the time. And then uh, if you answer, you will die at that time the next day. Oh, that's fun. Not knowing that it's the devil. And this whole thing has now been put into effect. Yeah. Um, but there's a way out. If they ask and you answer, it's God's time, <gasps> then you're safe. It's God's time. Yep. What What does that even mean? I don't know. It's milit time. <laughs> yeah. that, that's totally meaningless. Absolutely. It's fun. I love, uh, you know, yeah. I love rules of, of all these things. Of and, course, it's fun. You know, how you curse yourself, how you set yourself free. But that also reminds me of some of those um, Japanese horror stories, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, you run across this lady and her mouth is cut open and she'll say, do I, oh, look, yeah. do I look pretty? Yeah. And if you say yes, she'll cut your mouth to look like hers. Right. And if you say no, she'll rip your head off. Yeah. So you're what you're supposed to do way. is somehow say nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just like, like you have to do the unlikely thing that no one would ever ignore. do. Ignore. It's God's time. Yeah, it's God's time. All it's right. So well, goofy. you've defeated my evil magic. Yeah. You're off limits to me now. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the Black Volga. Wonderful. Um, kind of a classic sort of structure. It is. And there are, yeah, a lot of like ghost car yeah. things I know exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't think I've ever really known any of the stories behind them. Neither have I. All right, so I'm going to tell you now then about uh, one of my stories that I got, which turned out to be kind of a banger. Yes. Do you know this? Yes. You know this story. Mm-hmm. It turns out that it's a big deal story. Like a lot of people may have heard this before. I had never heard it before. Yeah. I don't know if I just have my head buried in the sand. I'm not sure. But I'm oh, going to yeah. talk to you about Mercy Brown. Mm-hmm. Also, not Murphy Brown. Not Murphy Brown. Easily confused. Keep wondering where <laughs> all of her secretaries went. <laughs> That's the mystery. If you know Murphy Brown, that yep. was an okay joke. It was pretty good. Every episode she had a different yeah. secretary. Also, I don't even know if they have this at like the grocery store anymore. They very well may, but like 
they used to have um, for boxes of hair dye, these little samples of hair be just like a little doodle of hair colored like the yeah. box. Do you remember what I'm about to say? Sort of. So like I would always, before I went to cosmetology school and stuff when I was younger, I was always buying just like hair dye at the grocery store and Will would come with me or whatever. And he would put his finger inside the loop of hair and go, hi, I'm Murphy, Murphy Brown. Whoa. To the blondes. <laughs> Whoa, I forgot about that. Yeah, because it would make your finger look like stick stickly yeah. like it made your finger look like a little puppet with hair on hi i'm murphy it's just a little murphy brown <laughs> a little sample of hair <laughs> and it made it look like some heavy 90s do yeah. 80s 90s it was a do. little loop that you yeah. could stick your finger in hi i'm murphy murphy brown <laughs> you're right i forgot i used to do yeah, literally it like do that. it every single every time, time. Yep. because it was not funny it's classic yeah <laughs> but it, was it great. made it funnier the more you did it yep. wow yeah well this ain't murphy you've really made a mark on me Will. this is mercy yes mercy brown yes <laughs> um this story oh, mercy mercy brown <laughs> also known as the mercy brown vampire incident mm -hmm. this takes place in exeter rhode island which according to smithsonian mag was referred to as Deserted Exeter. This oh. is basically a ghost town at yeah. the time of this story. We're going to talk about um, George and Mary Brown, who in 1884 would see their family decimated by yeah. tuberculosis. At the time, tuberculosis was commonly referred to as consumption. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I know almost nothing about tuberculosis. We've talked about it a few times on the show. I think it's like a bronchial situation. I believe it is a bronchial situation. Yeah. Um, and it's one of these things where it's just like, like, and this has happened periodically. It was a, a period of time where uh, there was no known cure for this illness, mm -hmm. and it would just kill everybody it's like when you yeah. when you find out about like yellow fever in new orleans i was thinking the exact same thing just eradicates people and it must have been an incredibly harsh 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 period of time to live in but i did look up a little bit about tuberculosis it was referred to as consumption which itself is almost like a modern day joke i know i feel Cause like because it, it seems like it's just like something that doesn't exist anymore yeah which it is i guess it's but. like saying that somebody has the vapors yes you have consumption yeah well here's the deal they called it consumption because among other um symptoms there was dramatic weight loss. Oof, so it just consumed you. It consumed disease. you. Yeah. The weight was consumed off your body. Um, and then it became also part of this classic sort of like trope mm -hmm. to show people in the late 1800s like cough into a kerchief. Yeah, right. And, and then like look and there's stuff. blood in yeah. the kerchief. Like, oh no, you've got consumption. You've got tuberculosis. Yeah. Evidently, it had something like a 50% morbidity rate. Mm, you get God. it and flip a coin. You're going to live or die. Um in the late 1800s, I wrote, tuberculosis was a goddamn destroyer. <laughs> That's yeah. what I wrote in my notes. So before the Industrial Revolution, folklore, this is from the Wikipedia for mm -hmm. tuberculosis, folklore often associated tuberculosis with vampires. Mm -hmm. Again, like consumption, eating you, yeah. sucking the life out of you. When one member of a family died from the disease, the other infected members would lose their health slowly. Now mm -hmm. we know... With modern knowledge, they also had tuberculosis. Right. They caught it from that dead person. Right. But I guess at the time, people believed um, that because the the that the original person who got it was now draining life from the other family members. Wow. Even if they were in the grave, they That's were wild. Le leeching the life. Yeah. Right. Out of everybody who was still alive. So this is uh, Smithsonian Magazine's description. Quote: The emaciated figure strikes one with terror. 
reads one 18th century description, the forehead covered with drops of sweat. Probably is. The cheeks painted with a livid crimson. Will's pointing at me. The eyes sunk. The breath offensive. Quick and laborious. <laughs> and the cough so incessant as to scarce allow the wretched sufferer time to tell his complaints. Yeah. But like you get this image of somebody who really is just like racked with illness yeah. and gaunt right. and haunted looking. Um, That's horrible. Folklorist Michael Bell says symptoms progressed in such a way that it seemed like somebody was draining the life and blood out of somebody. Ugh. Mary Brown, the mother of this family to get back to it, she dies of consumption first. Mm -hmm. She's the first one of the family to die. Followed a couple of years later by the eldest daughter, Olive, and then Mercy Brown. Mercy Brown dies third. Yeah. But the final child of the still living George Brown, a child named Edwin, who I think was a full grown adult, mm -hmm. <laughs> but he's the, the sole remaining. Yeah. George's last child. Yeah. He's also got tuberculosis. Eesh. All right. Locals recommend... Something that I guess at the time maybe was still not a comfortable proposition, but they didn't have uh, uh, they didn't have medicine to turn to. Mm -hmm. They suggested to George Brown, "Why don't we dig up your wife and your two daughters? Because probably one of them is a vampire, right? And if we destroy that vampire, maybe it'll save your son. Mm -hmm. You can save your last child." Yeah. So. Um, at the time, I guess it was reasonable enough. So on March 17th, 1892, several members of the family are exhumed from their graves in the hopes of destroying them mm -hmm. to save Edwin from Man. Smithsonian. By 1892, the year Mercy died, Exeter's population, the town Exeter, Rhode Island, had dipped to just 961 people from a high of more than 2,500 earlier in the century. Boy. Farms were abandoned, many of them later to be seized and burned by the government. Some sections looked like a ghost town. So this is like the entire landscape. The reason why I copied mm -hmm. that down is like the entire, it's not just about the, the illness yeah. and the people. It's like the climate of the time. Like the Civil War had destroyed everything. Right. People were dead. Populations were down. The farms were inoperational. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they were seized and burned for whatever reason. Yeah, why? I, I don't know. My, my, I don't have an answer to that. My That's only guess right. would be like, is it in a feeble effort to kill the disease? I know. I, you know? I guess I would guess that too. So George does not attend the, uh, the, the digging up of his wife and daughters. Um, after nearly a decade in the ground, um, Mary and uh, the older daughter, Olive? Olive, were barely more than bones. Mm -hmm. They'd been dead for nearly a decade. Mercy, though, had been dead only a few months. And she died during the winter. Yeah. So, quote, the body was in a fairly well-preserved state. The heart and liver were removed. And in cutting open the heart clotted and decomposed blood was found. During this impromptu autopsy, the doctor again emphasized that Mercy's lungs, quote, showed diffuse tuberculosis germs. Und I don't think they had that word at the time. Uh -huh. This is like retroactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so 
the villagers burned the heart and liver yeah. on a nearby rock, believing, you understand, that because she had not decomposed as much as her mother and sister who were dead for 10 years, right. they thought, oh, Mary and Olive were not the vampire. Confirmed vampire. Mercy is a vampire who's leeching the, the life out of your son. Right. So we've got to take her heart and liver, burn them on a rock, and feed Edwin the ashes. Right. Edwin died less than two months later. Yeah. Right. It, that, that's not what does it. Shockeroo, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So in the end, and this is like the most bitter possible ending, George didn't die of tuberculosis. In yeah. fact, he lived on all the way to the year 1922, just long enough to see bacteriologists mm. Albert Calmet and Camille Guerin discover the vaccine, mm. which was widely used to treat and cure tuberculosis. Yeah. He lived long enough for there to be a cure wow. for the thing that eradicated his family. His whole family. And like this, like it trying in vain, let's dig like the bodies anything. up. Yeah. And my God, she's not a pile of bones, so she must be a vampire. So let's burn her organs. Right. Didn't work. Like in a story, you might almost look to this like he continued to live and then live long enough to find out that this is a disease. What is a disease? Mm -hmm. How do you cure it? Oh, you can cure it. Yeah. All of that might almost play like some sort of like poetic comeuppance. Yeah. But he's like the George Brown story. I don't know if he needs a comeuppance. He doesn't need a comeuppance. Yeah. But like I saw articles that were referring to like her body uh, as being desecrated, Mercy Brown's. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. Certainly. But it was like the best that they, it was like, it was like a Hail Mary. Exactly. You, you do the best you can with what you have at the time. Yeah. And if that's what like, it's not like it was just this one crackpot guy who was like, right. oh, maybe this will help my son. Like this is what they believed at the time. Or this is what they felt this is what they needed to believe. True. There's hope somehow, even yeah. if you do this outlandish thing. Right. I didn't it's know. Hope. I was surprised. I thought that this was more localized to being about mercy because her body was so well preserved because it was being winter. I didn't realize that they thought like the way that tuberculosis worked was that if one person has it, they are leeching the life force. Evidently. I did not know that. That's what I got. Yeah. No, I'm sure it's true. So here's some of the, the fallout in a way, mm -hmm. like the pop culture fallout. It's uh, evidently theorized that the, at the time, this story, the story of Mercy Brown was widely publicized. Like yeah. we dug up this dead lady and she hadn't decomposed. Yeah, she was, it was a, vampire. a vampire. Yeah. I don't think they would have used the word vampire, but they would have been like, she's the source of the illness for this yeah. family, even though it didn't work. Maybe they did. I don't know. I, well, here's the thing. Okay. It may have inspired Bram Stoker. Oh, okay. During the writing of Dracula, okay. which was published in 1897, five years later. Mm. Not impossible. No, not at all. Uh, uh, they, there are claims that uh, Mercy Brown herself may have inspired a character in the story named Lucy. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucy Westenra. So Lucy in Dracula was once demure, hmm. waiting for the right man to come along to marry her. But then she got turned into a vampire. Uh. Quote, Lucy Westenra, but yet how changed. <laughs> The sweetness was turned to adamantine, heartless cruelty, and the purity to voluptuous wantonness. Ooh. My God. I can't my imagine. God. <laughs> uh, Van Helsing and uh, Lucy's suitors, 
mm-hmm. would later open uh, Lucy's coffin and drive a wooden stake through her heart, destroying the vampire and allow- allowing Lucy's soul to rest in peace. To ensure the creature's destruction, they also decapitate her, fill her mouth with garlic, and uh, solder the coffin lid shut. That sounds right. So, it's a woman who more desecration stopped waiting around for a man and became had her own agency, had voluptuous so wantonness, that, right? And well, she was made of adamantium like Wolverine. So was, you got to cut her head off. <laughs> that's stuff what I, her with garlic. That's what I got from it too. Made of yeah. made of adamantium. Yeah. I wrote. Uh, <laughs> well, she also, I guess, came, became a, a goddamn vampire. True. <laughs> so, so certainly part of it, but you know, feels in keeping. I agree. Now, evidently, also the Mercy Brown story was uh, the subject of episode one of mm-hmm. Lore. I think that's where I know it from. And but you, what you probably know it best from is the band Clutch. Who have a song mm. called Mercy Brown off of their album Sunrise on Slaughter Beach. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what inspired lore. That's yeah, of course. Yeah. It, that album only came out last year, but yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. No, I know Clutch. <laughs> Clutch seems like that'd be like a 90s band. It doesn't um, it? Yeah. I'm and to Sunrise that. on Slaughter Beach feels yeah. like an 80s album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Huh. All right. Clutch, I guess that. Clutch is totally clutch. They like totally slap. So <laughs> yeah crushes uh so that's the story of mercy brown delicious desecrated uh and then had her liver fed to her brother and it didn't work he died boy i think that it was on the major the, whoops <laughs> it's a huge whoops i think it was on the podcast version of lore and i think the tv show version i believe it was episode one of both oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. wow it's quite a story quite a hell of a mm-hmm. hell of a tale i also think that it's it's obviously a crazy story it's on its own but i also think her name is mercy like brown. a catchy name mercy. for a story yeah mm-hmm. it just happens to be that that's what it is but yep. it's it's an easy thing to become kind of like a legend in a story that gets passed around yes because there was an irony in her being named right. mercy but she was believed to pre- perhaps be leeching the life out of her family mm-hmm. and she's named mercy but her body is dug up and cut open and her Organs are uh, burned and fed to her brother. Right. There's a gruesome irony present. All of it. Yeah. It's like uh, in the movie um, Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. there's the Buckner family. Yep. Uh, and their youngest uh, child is named Patience. Ah, uh, yes. Patience Buckner. Yeah. In the entire movie, like she's name. almost like a sad figure, but she's like the the tortoise and the hare. She takes her time, mm-hmm. but eventually catches up to everybody in the end. Of course. Cabin in the Woods. Look up everything right about Cabin in the Woods. I think it's on yeah. the Guide to the Unknown YouTube channel, actually. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Bobby and I made it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very, very, very fun. It was yes. supposed to be a response to all of those, like, everything wrong with. Yeah. It was like, let's be positive everything yeah. right with cabin in the woods which is like the whole movie basically just great the whole yeah. movie's great totally so anyway that's uh that's mercy brown excellent well will before we move on to talk about the blue star legend yeah yeah let's talk about the legends that are you and i and our patreon page we are legends we really are yeah so we have i was just, you know i paused i was like is it you and i or me and you <laughs> What? I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, so if you go to patreon.com slash pod, you can help support the show, which we appreciate, like, unbelievably. Thank oh, yeah. you so, so much to everybody who already does that over there. And in return, you get access to our second podcast, The Netherworld Dispatch. We've been doing it for over a year. Is it 
coming up on two years, I think. We've got 119 episodes as of this recording. Okay, there you go. So that's two years at least. Right, Yeah. right. Um, so yeah, that comes out every Monday and people who are part of our demon tier get every single Monday's episode. And we have a number of different tiers that get fewer episodes. You can figure out whatever works best for you. We also have a discord that everyone gets access to who joins our, our Patreon. And it's awesome. People are hanging out in there every single day, sharing parts of their lives, sharing their favorite things to watch, read, do whatever. It's completely awesome. I, I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, the most recent episode of the Netherworld Dispatch is 119, as I said, titled Dear David, There's a Nun in My Pet Cemetery. <laughs> that was a great title, by the way. I didn't tell you that. It's very uh, Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Yeah, I loved it. Is that good? <laughs> I think it is. So we looked at, uh, we've been doing this periodically because it's the summer. There's a lot of horror news mm -hmm. coming out. So we watched the trailer for the Dear David movie, yeah. which is coming. So we watched that trailer. We uh, looked at the trailer for The Nun 2. Yep. And then because Kristen wanted to, which I'm shocked by, we watched a, oh, yeah. a lot of clips of Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I know. I don't know what the deal is. It is tough stuff. It's an upsetting movie. And scary. Yeah. Some scary ass clips. Yeah. I also, in the editing of it, I had to censor a zombie's bare ass. Oh, that's right. Right. Um, so that was interesting. What was that? Is that the Night of the Living Dead remake? That's right. The 1990 yeah. Night of the Living Dead remake. I showed a clip because it's great, but I forgot that you see a zombie's whole ass. So I had to. So crazy. And I'm not the best. Juicy ass. I'm not the best video editor. So I had to like track. I think you are. I had to track a, a peach emoji over this zombie's <laughs> ass. And you should have seen me. I was like peeping over my spectacles. Frame by frame, trying to trying to get this zombie's ass out of my face. That's like so, when you had to censor your own ass out of um, <laughs> our New Jersey ghost hunting video because Will yeah. scaled a teeny wall to get to a grave in yeah. a movie theater parking lot, and his paduke started peeking out over his trousers. She is right. My paduke did start peeking out, and I did have to edit it out myself. <laughs> yeah. I took that one on the chin for everybody, so nobody will ever have to see it. Uh, but so, so go funny. check that all out. Patreon.com slash pod. Hope you enjoy uh we've also got as of right this second 913 reviews beautiful on apple Podcasts. we're really getting there beautiful, beautiful. at this point we're, we're, we're like, to we're like to weeks 1, away weeks away from 1000 that's so awesome thank you very very much and it, it really is due to all of you especially like yeah. listen listen to how this review starts okay so this is dr max six mm -hmm. kathleen who says love this podcast okay <laughs> i'm old not ancient, just old and not tech savvy at all. If you knew how long it took me to figure out how and where to write this review, it would tell you how in love I am with the hosts and the way that they present this content. Thank you so much for figuring it out then. Thank, Thank you. you. Not I'm everybody's on Apple Podcasts. Of course not. A lot yeah. of people listen on Spotify or listen on any number of other are, podcast apps. Even if you are on it, you just might not know how to do a review. Totally you true. Know? So Thank, you. You. Thank you so much. I've been listening to Kristen and Will for about two years now, and it's clear that these siblings really enjoy each other's company. I'm in the middle of 11 children and we all banter in much the same way. I laugh the hardest when I'm talking to my brothers and sisters. Listening to these two snort and laugh their way through the episodes makes me laugh until my face hurts. Chris and Will are thoughtful and respectful of each other and I love it when they share inside jokes where they laugh with, not at, each other. I think that these guys would be fun folks to hang with. I want to try to catch them live one of these days. YouTube.com slash GTTUPod. It's made me tear up. Keep up the good work, Chris and Will. The world needs more people like you. I love what you do. Kathleen. Oh my 
God, thank you so much. That is so nice. The review itself is nice. Yeah. Making the effort is nice. Kathleen, thank you very much. I'm not thank kidding. You. I teared up a little bit. That's very sweet. Kristen I'm is, glad uh, you enjoy it. Weak. Well, or I'm in touch with my feelings, which makes me weak. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you very, thank very you. much. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Thank you, all of you. Yes, truly. All right. So let's talk about the Blue Star Tattoo Legend. Yeah. Okay, I keep asking, but did you know about this? This rings a vague, vague, vague Same. Bell. Yeah, it's a, it's a distant bell in a town that we don't live in, but yeah. So it's quite simple. The rumor is that a lick and stick tattoo, which I'd never heard of before, by the way. I'd never heard it called that. Lick and stick, like a temporary tattoo, which only requires moisture. <laughs> so I guess you could lick and stick? I think that maybe, bef I think that the, the temporary tattoos that we're used to, that maybe came out in the 80s and 90s, you apply moisture from the outside. Right. I guess before that, the moisture, you could just lick your hand and then you stick this thing on it, wait a little bit and peel it away. And there's a mark there. It wouldn't be like kind of like the plasticky feeling, like multicolor thing yeah, yeah. that later temporary t tattoos like we had were like. I think that they were almost like a stamp. Okay. Sort of. Sure. Um, so yeah, lick and stick tattoos. Um, the, the rumor was that they were given out for free to children soaked in LSD with the goal of getting kids hooked. So um, either by it's just like contact with your skin is right. gonna make it happen. That's like what they say about like fentanyl today. Yeah. You know? Right. Wait. What do you, What do they say? That, that, that like like it's in everything, or it might be in your kid's Halloween candy. Oh yeah. Like, it's this is a very old notion. The like people are trying people to are poison trying your to kids. give away their expensive drugs to your kids. I know. So first of all, like unneeded spoiler alert. This is completely not true. Yeah. And one of the reasons for that is like. To what end are drug dealers doing this? Right. Like, it, it's a waste of their drugs. Yeah. What are the chances that the kids are going to go find that drug dealer to yes. get more of the LSD that they're hooked on? How are they going to know? They're not going to know. Also, LSD isn't addictive. Right. So, like, the, the whole thing just falls apart under scrutiny. Um, but anyway, it seems to have started in the 70s and really become a mid to late 80s thing. Um, got a real big boom. And so it was called the Blue Star Legend because the most common one was a blue star that kind of looked like or was the Dallas Cowboys logo. So that comes up a lot um, when you're looking at this. Okay. <laughs> or some sort of children's character. Um, so I looked at some and I have one, um, flyers that were put around being like warning to parents, this is happening. And one of them had a picture that was basically like a bootleg Mickey and Fantasia image. Okay. And it was actually awesome. I was like, I would get this tattoo. It's like a shitty looking Mickey in like a wizard hat with like stars. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm into this. <laughs> so, uh, here is one of the real flyers that was around warning to parents. A form of tattoo known as Blue Star is being sold to our school children. Resembling the star of the Dallas Cowboys, it is made of paper and is approximately the size of a pencil eraser, which is way smaller than I expected, by the way. Very small. That's smaller tiny. than a pencil eraser. Yeah. Um, and is soaked with LSD. The drug is absorbed through the skin simply by handling the paper tattoo. Um, so, again, it just doesn't make sense. It's being wasted by anybody who's touching this thing. Yeah. The drug dealer is getting it on their fingies. Yeah. And then they're getting the LSD. Um, there are also bright colored paper tattoos resembling postage stamps that have the picture of the following. Superman, Mickey Mouse, clowns, Disney characters, Bart Simpson, butterflies. <laughs> Bart Simpson. <laughs> I know. 
I thought that was funny too. Uh, these these two are laced with drugs. If your child gets any of the above, do not handle them. These are known to react quickly, and some are laced with strychnine, which is a poison. Wow. What? <laughs> Why? Strychnine. I know symptoms. Hallucinations, severe vomiting, a really good time. Yeah. Uncontrollable laughing, mood changes, changes in body temperature. <laughs> Uncontrollable laughing. Oh no. Oh no, you're having too much fun. <laughs> yeah. I um uh I, I just had a flashback. Uh maybe I maybe I have a blue star tattoo and it was an LSD flashback. Right. I'm not sure, but there was a night <laughs> so stupid. Dad dad tried to bluff me on something to catch me out and he was wrong. Uh-huh. Uh there was a night in probably high school, right? I had a bunch of my friends over and we wanted to sneak out. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm old enough that I don't really feel like sneaking out. And dad was up at All his computer. He was always awake. It'd be hard to sneak in the out way. in that house. Yeah. Yeah. In the way. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go upstairs. And I went into dad's <laughs> office. I went, Hey dad. And I immediately, I felt silly because I just, I put it all out there. I went, my friends and I want to go out. We want to just walk around. Maybe go to the playground, like, you know, down the road, whatever. Yeah. And he goes, what? What are you talking about? And I, that made me laugh, too. And so I was yeah. like, we just want to go out. And we I'm laughing. We just stretch our legs. And I'm smiling. Because we're just kids. We're just restless. We just literally want to walk around and laugh at stuff. Yeah. And he goes, are you smoking pot? And that made me laugh. And I went, no. And he goes, because I smell smoke. And we weren't. We went there. He, he was bullshit. He was yeah, lying. Totally. He was lying to me because there was no smoke to <laughs> he was smell. Trying to catch you. He was trying to catch me. Yeah. And I just kept. In case you caved. I just kept laughing at him. I don't know what he said after that. It was it was over at that point. I think I probably yeah. just went back down to the basement. I was like, we're not going out, you guys. Yeah, yeah. But like, it was just such a great moment because like so his instinct was right. Right. But sure. I knew he was wrong because <laughs> we were not smoking pot. Just no yeah. smoke. He blew it. He totally blew well, it. Well, it could have been me in my room next to the office smoking out the window. Oh. Not impossible. Alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alone stamp on me. <laughs> the Conan stamp. Yeah. Um, okay. So the... the, the <laughs> Sorry. No, no. No, I love that. The flyer continues. Please feel free... And by the way, every single copy of flyers like this I could find was... It's almost unreadable. Oh my by the God. way, that, that's it's the reason I soup. because it's just really old. Yeah. Um, that's the reason I didn't take the Mickey Mouse when I was talking about because I kind of wanted to show you, but I literally couldn't read what it said. Yeah. Uh, please feel free to reproduce this article and distribute it throughout your community. We must get the word out about this danger to our children. Make copies for your friends, neighbors, church, school, etc. And then in um, all caps, underlined, and italicized using every option on Microsoft Word. Please help. Tattoos have already taken the lives of many young children. It's horseshit. It's total horseshit. But so one of the flyers that circulated in the Northeast in particular, in a very familiar place to us, had this like prank element to it because it was signed by a Jay O'Donnell of the Outpatient Chemical Dependency Treatment Center at Danbury Hospital in Connecticut. No way. So the hospital was inundated with calls looking for that fictitious doctor for years. So that flyer was put up in 1992 when the article I read about this uh, was written was 2000. And they said 
every single year since that we have gotten calls or the very least eight years for all we know beyond that danbury was like the town yeah like yeah like our like our mom said on the phone we lived in like a very like wooded area or middle of nowhere and then there was like a little town called bethel that had the grocery store and stuff but if you want to go to the mall you got to go to danbury yeah yeah Whoa, that's I so know. weird. That Danbury also has a famous prison where Martha Stewart went and Teresa Judice. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's the prison that was based on, um, or uh, Orange is the New Black is based on. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The person who wrote the book, Orange is the New Black, which is a real life book, yeah, yeah. went to uh, Danbury Prison. I can't. I keep saying it. We we gotta go to Reading. We, we gotta <laughs> we gotta just take a drive up. Yeah, totally. That, so weird. Baba baba. I know. I'm sorry, but it's so weird. No, it's totally weird. Um. So here was the thing that was like I don't know a a little questionable. I saw a couple of sources where police said it was true and to be on the lookout at the time. Um. But it seems like most people think that that was just sort of a better safe than sorry thing. Okay. Um. Which I can kind of picture. I can kind of see maybe like cops or some people seeing these signs and they don't want to say, no, it's not true at all. Don't right. worry about go go licking and sticking yeah. nonstop. And just being like, well, I guess we may as well say, like, just watch out for it. Um, but there are no known verifiable cases of this happening. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like it's just kind of a prank. And and I feel like things like that have happened all the time, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. a similar, like, you know, white panel van type notion of like somebody's yep. going to come and try to give you drugs. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like that notion has been passed around off and on forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even that poster that you just read, that's like the 70s, 80s equivalent of people who post on their Facebook wall now. Like, yep. I bet no one will share this. And before that. Drugs sh- are bad. And, you know, like. Uh. Before that, forward emails, like cheating yeah, emails. exactly. Mm-hmm. It, There's it, always going to be a thing. It will never stop. We'll be. Yeah floating around in cyberspace you know what i mean it's yeah, totally. like i heard people are giving or digital drugs around in actual space with p2 you're right based on the way things are going be, 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 be. hey p2 p2 look out for drugs p2 baby yeah baby <laughs> well i'm now gonna tell you about another this is kind of a shorty too but a shorty and a sweetie i think uh-huh. this is the story of the buckley family Oh my God. I've just put the Buckley family <laughs> photo right behind us on the set. Chris, why don't you go ahead and describe this for our uh, listeners? Sure. So, I mean, it looks old timey. I, I don't know. Is this just an aged photo? But I'll anyway. tell you what, it is old timey. Okay. So, it's a photo of, of three people. Uh, somebody's sitting down in the center, and then like a boy on one side and a girl on the other side. And the boy is holding the head the decapitated head of the person who is sitting upright in the center sans head. Yes. Uh, and, and like in the person, the bo- the decapitated body mm-hmm. very cartoonishly has like the yeah. vertebra in the middle. It's like the headless horseman. Yeah, exactly. Her so head is just like, cleanly chopped off. Like the bone in the center and then just like red stuff in a circle around it. So the sepia tone photo, old family photo, the girl's holding a hatchet. Uh, here's the story. Supposedly this is the Buckley family. The children's names were Susan and John. As a Halloween joke, all the kids in the neighborhood were going to get a dummy and pretend to chop its head off. The Buckley children thought it would be hilarious to actually murder their mother. Uh So when the kids walked up to the door, they got an axe and slaughtered her. (laughs) Once everyone figured out what they'd really done, they called the police. But the kids were long gone by then. The only picture of them was this photo, taken by a trick-or-treater. Wow. <laughs> the, the mother's body was later found half eaten. Half 
feet? Wow. It's right there. And they ran away right after this was taken, supposedly. So I'm not sure oh, gotcha. how that makes sense at all. Yeah, that seems like an unnecessary detail. Now, that story I read to you came from Snopes. <laughs> <laughs> where they I say have a feeling they uh, debunked. It was debunked, yeah. indeed. It was debunked. <laughs> they actually sourced this image back to a man named Edward Allen mm -hmm. in the year two thousand six. Mm. So I found Edward Allen's website, where it turns out that he makes those lenticular, awesome. changing photos. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where like you look at it one way, they they sell these a lot at like um, Michaels mm -hmm. around Halloween. Yep. Where, like, you look at it one way and it's just a person. And you look at it the other way and now he's got fangs. Yeah. Or something like that. He was evidently inspired by, literally, the Haunted Mansion. Ah. Where when you go to the Haunted Mansion in Disney, lightning will flash and a portrait on the wall will be revealed to have a skeleton right. in it. So he wanted to figure out how to do that for himself. And he started making them and selling them. You can literally today go to changingportraits.com. It is the definition of, like, a retro old website. Nice. But seemingly still in use today, like still updated. If it works. I would not call it regularly updated. Sure. Um, but like he's done stuff as recently as 2021 yeah. on that website. And it looks like a 90s website. Awesome. Uh, but so uh, they cost a few hundred bucks to do. Uh -huh. And this particular piece he did, he referred to as, he gave it the title, something matricide. That makes sense. Yeah, something matricide. So he said, Pablo Picasso had his blue period and his rose period. I suppose you could call this my axe period, since this is my third hatchet slash axe themed changing portrait in the last few months. That's awesome. Perhaps I'm becoming the proverbial hack. Oh, there you go. There you go. So anyway, you can go. It's again, it's unclear to me whether or not you could literally order one today. It mm -hmm. seems like maybe you Sounds could. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he does seem active on his Facebook, but this was on the urban legend list. It is not an urban legend. It is a product you can buy. <laughs> yeah. As we've encountered before, sometimes the urban legend list is like, that's not an urban legend. I know. There's the, there, there's also the like the, the literary definition of urban legend, of which I like. And like none of these adhere to that. Yeah. But this in particular is like, and, and this guy actually on his Facebook page, correctly so, mm -hmm. uh, this Edward Allen, he'll be like, well, Another person has just taken my art and yeah. posted it all over the place, or like stolen my work. It's almost like um, Trevor Henderson, mm -hmm. right? Yep. We're fans of Trevor Henderson, who's a, a terrific artist yeah. and did the the little monster that's on the Guide to the Unknown logo. Yeah. And like his work will constantly be like taken because totally. it's creative and visually striking and interesting. Mm -hmm. Edward Allen. Mark Rogers, too. His, his yeah. stuff is always being turned into memes and stuff. Absolutely. And so Edward Allen is no different. Mm -hmm. And Brett Manning. Yeah. People took this image and then just said, like, this is the Buckley family. And they cut their mom's head off for real for a prank. And a, a trick-or-treater took this photo. Right. Which is right. so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Why would it? Like, <laughs> you know, whatever. The dopiest, the dopiest possible story yeah. that you can tell about it yeah it definitely is it's yeah. so goofy um okay so i am going to tell you about boo hags again right. you got anything you know what a boo hag is i've heard the term That's same more more or less all i got same i i'd heard those words together before um so this is a legend of gullah culture which i did not know about so i looked it up and the guller are a guller the guller 
<laughs> Ross Guller. The Gullah are an African-American ethnic group who mostly live on the coastal plain of South and North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And their culture is distinctive in that it retains a lot of, like, African culture and language. Okay. And so they speak, like, Creole English. Okay. And so what I read was that this this area, like the coastal plain, is somewhat set apart from a lot of other areas. So it's kind of easier to preserve their culture. Um, because it, it's somewhat isolated, but kind of like happily so, okay. you know? Um, so this comes from that. So according to the legend, boo hags are kind of similar to vampires, but they feed on breath instead of blood, which they get by doing something called riding their victims. Whoa. So this can either mean sucking their breath dementor style, just like out of their mouth, or stealing their victim's skin and in turn their body and breath. What? Putting it on like clothes until it wears out. Ooh. And then when it's time to get a new skin, they take off the old one and hide it to go find another one. Wh who are they hiding it from? I don't know. <laughs> oh God, I gotta <laughs> hide sure. this. It's also, if it's so worn out, then it might not be uh, be easily right, recognizable. Sucking the breath thing. Mm -hmm. That's Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Are those boo hags? I don't know. The true knot? Yeah, I don't know. Good. Good question. I'm the not sure. The sequel to The Shining. Something to think about. Mm -hmm. Something something to keep in mind. Now, also, there are a lot of variations of what boo hags do. So that's that's one thing. They all kind of have common commonalities, yeah. but there'll be just like little changes. Um, without this human suit, it said that they are skinless and red with glowing eyes. Yikes. And when a hag determines that a victim is suitable for riding, Ugh. so I guess there's like a stalkery sort of um, edge to this, the hag generally gains access to the home through a small crack in the house. They're able to somehow just worm their sort of way through. So they're Ugh. not just like fully corporeal and stay that way, but slip on skin. They also have this kind of like amorphous sort of um, texture to them. Then the hag um, like positions itself over the sleeping victim, sucking in their breath, which renders the victim helpless and induces a deep dream filled dream, dream filled state. Um, so in this sort of scenario, the hag tends to leave the victim alive so as to use them again for their energy. So in this, they're able to somehow take the person's skin while they're sleeping, go do their thing at night, and then return it in the morning. That's insane. So when the victim awakes, they may feel short of breath, sick, and very dizzy, um, or they might just feel kind of tired. So this is somebody who like got caught sneaking out. <laughs> And they were like, no, 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 I was home without my skin. That was yeah, a boo yeah, yeah. hag that looked like me. It had nothing to do with me. I, yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm so tired today, probably, right. is what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, however, if the victim struggles, if they kind of like wake up and they're like, what the hell is going on? The hag may take their skin, fly off, and just leave the victim to suffer skinless. Oh. I also saw a version that said that these two things kind of go together, that it it's guaranteed that it i basically already said this i realized it sucks your breath takes your skin for the night and it returns it yeah, yeah, yeah. another version says that the boo hag does have their own skin but they shed it for the purpose of going out in the night 
coming in through a crack in your house and trying on another skin suit, but then returning it by morning to put theirs back on. <laughs> because if they don't put theirs back on by the morning, then there's trouble. Oh, okay. Like, like a vampire. Something's not good. Yeah, 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 exactly. Another version is at night that they just sit, that there's not even skin stealing at all, that the boo hag just sits on your back all night and rides you like a horse, potentially until you die. What? So now this is just for their fun. What? <laughs> They're just doing it. They okay. just like it. And so because of this, there's an expression that is sometimes used in South Carolina, apparently, at least I read it, that said, don't let the hag ride you. Meaning like, don't don't let yourself get too tired. Like, Don't talk to my wife like that. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Um, and it probably comes from the boo hag legend. Okay. So, Will, how can we prevent letting the hag ride us? Yeah. Is there anything that we can do? Yes, and luckily the Charleston Property Management website has some tips for us. Oh, Charleston. My favorite kind of thing. I yeah. love their chew. <laughs> As do I, and I love their fair city, having been twice. Hmm. I wonder if the boo hag visited me any of those nights. I'll Are you have to really, pay Kristen? attention next time. <laughs> you gotta lock your skin. <laughs> yeah. So this is from the Charleston Property Management website. I love this kind of well, thing. Yeah, totally. Um, so, quote, according to Gullah culture and research, evil spirits are repelled by the color indigo blue. Painting your window frames will make sure they don't get in that way. Another repellent is salt, as a salted boo hag cannot return to its original skin. But what is the easiest way to rid yourself of boo hags? Theory has it that, if, that placing a straw broom, hairbrush, or colander close by will protect you. The boo hag is a curious and obsessive creature that will not be able to pass by without counting each straw, hair, or hole. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> uh, the cat. <laughs> don't count my Honestly, holes. Maybe you don't even need a calendar, a calendar, or anything. They can just. Pop on by, get to counting. Play count the holes and yeah, get out of there. Exactly. Uh, the counting will take them so long that by the time they're finished, it'll be too close to morning and they will need to return to their own skin instead of inhabiting yours for the night. A little flashback. Mm -hmm. The counting, the obsessive counting thing is also part of vampire lore. That is why yeah. the mm -hmm. count on Sesame Street is obsessed with Counts. numbers. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So there you go. That's what boo hags are and how to prevent them from riding. Yeah. Some strange shit. I know. I feel like that's like a couple of monsters. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why is that all under one thing? It seems very weird. <laughs> they they'll ride you skin, like a horse or they'll, or like they'll horse. take your skin. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to finish up with <laughs> a real do's. Ooh. A real do's or Okay. Because now, Kristen, I have no option but to tell you about the bunny man. Oh, boy. All right. The bun Have you heard of this? No. This is another one of those things where like I can't tell if, if people know this or not. You know what I mean? No. I feel like I've heard the name Bunny Man. I know of Echo and the Bunny Man, but is that a band? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Is> that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's the here's the legend from Inside Nova, which I think is Northern Virginia. Okay. At the stroke of midnight on Halloween, a killer in a white rabbit suit awaits. Lore has it: if you speak his name three times, he'll appear. Bunny Man. Bunny Man. Bunny Man. <gasps> we seem safe. Yikes. But don't expect to survive. He'll slash your throat and leave your body dangling from the bridge. Ooh. This is really more about a bridge than a bunny, for huh. the record. Well, Another rendition of the story goes, he's the spirit of an escaped mental patient haunting the railroad bridge. He escaped hell bent on avenging the murder of his wife and child wow. who were slain nearby. 
Living in the woods near the bridge, he killed and ate rabbits, wearing their skins and leaving their mutilated bodies hanging in the trees. Oh, man. So does he even dress like a bunny? <sighs> Depending on which story you listen to, yeah. yes. But one, in this one, in the one, is it just this he's the bunny man because he's chowing down? In this rendition, I guess, it's just because he, he, yeah. he keeps eating bunnies. <laughs> On Halloween night, taunted by some town children, he killed and mutilated them too, hanging their corpses from trees around the bridge. In another spin on the same theme, he's the ghost of an escapee of a long-closed nearby asylum. Dressed in a rabbit suit, he throws axes. This is another one that's like a million different things. A thousand yeah. things, which is what urban legends sort totally. of are, right? Like if, if people keep changing it, mm -hmm. then it is all these stories in one. Right, maybe in Reading right now, there are little kids talking about a blue car. Maybe, honestly, maybe. With a Tamagotchi hanging from the... Yeah, that's more timely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I even know. know. I, I have no idea what would be timely. Neopets? I don't even, know what even, that is. Even Zoe is just into The Little Mermaid. You know what I mean? Like what's, what's like the new kid thing i just saw today that john legend is the new ambassador for neopets because the podcast who weekly posted it. <laughs> they post any like weird like celebrity what the hell is that sort of thing i don't know if neopet i don't know what it is i don't know if it's something you can hang from a from a what's it called rearview mirror Rear i don't know mirror. if it's a could be an app have you heard of a skibbity toilet no okay look up skibbity toilet okay that's what the kids are into right now really yes Okay. Yes. What is it? Tell me. It's a head popping out of a toilet. I'm That's not, all it is. I'm not kidding. I. It seems I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's probably amazing in its elegance. It's one of those tongue-in-cheek. It's simple. It's like a meme thing the yeah. kids are into. Uh, all right. <clears throat> anyway, he throws axes at your car <laughs> on if you're on Lover's <laughs> Lane. So here are the encounters. Mm -hmm. All right. And supposedly these first two are real. Supposedly. Yeah. The first incident was reported the evening of October 19th, 1970, by U.S. Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and okay. his fiancée. Around midnight, when returning from a football game, they reportedly parked their car in a field on Guinea Road to, quote, visit an uncle who lived across the street from mm -hmm. where the car was parked. This is a lover's lane, you say? Yeah, pretty okay. sure. As they sat in the front seat with the motor running... Mm -hmm. uh, Mm. I motors, bet their motors were their running. Their motors running. <laughs> that kitty was purring. The car was not on, but the motors were running. <laughs> um, they noticed something moving outside the rear window. Moments later, the front passenger window was smashed. Oh, my God. And there was a white-clad figure standing near the broken window. Bennett turned the car around while the man screamed at them about <sighs> trespassing, saying, You're on private property, and I have your tag number. As they drove down the road, the couple discovered a hatchet on the floor of the car. Ooh. So did this man smash their window and throw a hatchet or throw the hatchet? You know? Yeah. So Bennett would describe to the man, to the police, a man wearing, quote, a white suit with long bunny ears. Mm, His fiance boy. disagreed. She said he was not wearing a bunny suit. He was wearing a caparote. I don't know what that is. A caparote is that tall white hood that Klansmen wear. Oh. The Ku Klux Klan. Okay. Which, by the way, because I looked into it, uh -huh. a caparote is not just a Klan hood. It's got roots in Catholicism. Yeah, I It's like a that. thing that like... I think it's got roots in like a whole bunch of different things. Maybe, yeah. But yeah. like a priest might wear that and the clan took it uh -huh. and made it part of their thing. Yeah. The guy was wearing one of those. Oh. And so maybe the the academy 
guy thought it was not a, loving a it hood. not loving it second encounter 10 days later 10 days was that the later. first encounter that was the first encounter hey so 10 days later a security guard named paul phillips is patrolling a construction site where homes are being built he sees a man standing on the porch of one of the unfinished houses quote phillips said the man was wearing a gray black and white bunny suit and was about 20 years old Maybe somewhere it got gray, around black gray and black like over the past 10 days over the, yeah maybe Quote, the man began chopping at a porch post with a long-handled axe, saying, you're trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. Oh my God. Even if you're the security guard, you just go like, okay, all yeah. right. Um, I know I'm supposed to be like the tough security guard, but like I can't go up against a, a hatchet. Have a good like, night. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Enjoy your time, Bunny Man. Yikes. This kicks off a, a type of Bunny Man fever in uh -huh. the area. We're talking, to, and I also I had this like as a sidebar note. This is all 1970, which is firmly in an era or like post era of like Zodiac. Yeah. Ted Bundy, like all the serial killer madness yeah, totally. around the 60s and 70s. We're like, now you've got this Bunny Man who's menacing and, mm -hmm. and is using, even if he didn't um hurt these people he yeah. smashed the window and left a hatchet in the car and now he's chopping a post yeah there obviously acts that scream violence this guy's really got access to a lot of hatchets i guess he's got man. like a big hatchet budget i guess so so uh a lot of newspapers start reporting about, about the bunny man a whole lot uh one <laughs> story is like the bunny man ate a man's runaway cat like oh it's like God. it's like all over the place yeah. and this is where it's like were those first two stories that I told you about the lovers lane and the and the security guard are those like verified definitely happened right, and then right. the, the rest of it just becomes urban like legend fever. yeah I, I'm not sure mm -hmm. but in 1973 I love this a University of Maryland student Patricia Johnson submits a research paper chronicling over 50 variations of the bunny man appearances attacks even at that point people were saying bunny man murders yeah but so like she starts deconstructing this thing three years later mm -hmm. and basically calling out like this is an urban legend yeah which i love the story had taken on a complete life of its own and was just mutating like over time and once the internet comes around it mutates again so wikipedia specifically points to a website for, uh, this was posted in 1999 on a website called castleofspirits.com which no longer exists mm, but it's a sweet I, name castle of spirits yeah. i know but i was able to find it on the wayback machine yeah you know where like people archive websites that aren't actually online anymore mm -hmm. and so it was long i got just the good bits great this is the story thank you as it was told in 1999, which reinvigorated the Bunny Man legend, and people kept telling huh. different variations. So, again, this is verbatim from Castle of Spirits, a website from 1999. Yeah. The tale of the Bunny Man goes back many years. What did I just tell you, the 70s? Yeah. Originally, it didn't start until 1931. Oh. After many murders had already been committed. Supposedly in 1904, inmates from an asylum were lost in a bus crash. All but two were rounded up. During the search for both men, the police randomly found dead rabbits, half-eaten and dismembered every now and then along their search. Is this just totally made up? Uh, gotta be. Yeah, I know. Gotta be. Ev uh, eventually, one of the two missing men is found dead. So like... Asylum bus crashes, mm -hmm. two men get away, one is later found dead. He's holding a handmade hammer in his hand. It's like a rock tied to a branch. Oh, God. All right? Only one guy remains unaccounted for. And still the police are occasionally finding these bodies of rabbits 
So it's like the hell's going on. This guy's not like he he wasn't just like trying to live in the woods and had to survive by eating the rabbits that happened to be there. Right. All of a sudden, it feels like he's deliberately he's, I'll only eat live rabbits. He's in pursuit of rabbits. Exactly. Yeah. So Halloween 1905, a bunch of kids are playing at the Clifton Bridge. By midnight, only three kids are still playing. Quote, right at midnight, supposedly a bright light back from within the bridge where the kids were. And less than a, it's written like nonsense. Yeah. And less than a couple seconds later, they were all dead. Wow, that's swift. Flash of light in the bridge. Click. All kids dead. Throats slashed with that same type of tool that was found by the other escapee. Not only were the throats slashed, but all up and down their chests were long slashes. Bunny prints? Gutting them. Mm. Oh, bunny prints would yeah. be good. <laughs> to top it off, the bunny man hung both of the guys. There were three. <laughs> both of the guys from one end of the bridge with a rope around their neck. I'm calling the kids the guys. The guys. <laughs> hanging from the overpass with their legs dangling in front of the pass of cars. It happened again in 1906. But one kid survived and witnessed the killing, Adrian Hatala. Quote, horrified, she ran home. She didn't tell of everything she saw, just spattered words here and there that some of the folks put together to come up with her story. No one understood it or even believed her. They charged her with the murderer <laughs> and locked her up in the asylum of Lorton. Oh, but then it happened again in 1913, Kristen. So they dropped Adrian Hatala's sentence. She was, she was going to be let free from yeah, those yeah, murders yeah. that they think she did, but it was really the bunny man. Then who was bunny? Quote, but it was too late. The insanity had finally conquered her. <laughs> this is awesome. It might be like a 15-year-old. It might be. Yeah. They, I guess, now this is me. I guess they decided, just from reading the story and trying to parse this out, I guess they decided that Adrian Hatala... There was no reason to actually release her because they say that she was kept in the asylum for 40 more years until she died of shock. Again, quote. What is this? No one knows what exactly she died in shock from. <laughs> but supposedly she had died in her dreams. Dreaming of that one dreaded night. <laughs> perhaps the bunny man had finally gotten her. Perhaps. No one knows what happened, but perhaps yeah. it was exactly this. Yeah. Right? 1943 rolls around and six teenagers go out on a Halloween night. A couple hours. <laughs> oh, this is a quote. <laughs> okay. 1943 rolls around and six teenagers go strolling out on Halloween night. A couple la hours later, all of them are dead. And oh. then we just leap ahead. Done so. 1976, it happens well, it, again. it happens so fast on that bridge, within seconds. Just so. snap. So here's, here's, here's the big one. Yeah. And I wrote here, I wanted to stop <laughs> reading this, but, but this, this part's worth it. The right? muddy man was forcing you to hop on. I had no choice. In 1987, Janet Charlatier was enjoying her night with her four friends. Now, believe it or not, Kristen, they're going to end up at the bunny bridge. Oh, boy. Everything's very, very confusing. All of a sudden, we're going to find out that, like, if you're in the bridge, uh -huh. you're going to die and be hung from the bridge. If you're even, like, an inch outside the bridge, you're safe. we got to knock this bridge down. Just take the bridge down. It's time to end the bunny bridge. What are people going to learn? This is not a good bridge. Nah. So, her body is halfway out of the bridge. Okay. She's in half danger, I guess, yeah. according to this website. She sees, quote, she sees her skin start tearing. She finally manages... She finally manages to exit the bridge. 
Completely horrified, she hits a hanging body and knocks herself out. When she awakes, she finds out her hair has turned white and she has been bleeding. She has been seen... Oh, Like Rogue, this is a very X-Men-y episode. Well, here's the sad coda to the story. She has been seen sitting on a swinging bench on her balcony every morning, just staring in the direction towards the bridge a couple miles away. To this day, you can still find her on that bench every morning. Oh, boy. And then they wrote, here's the short myth. (laughs) Halloween night comes around, nothing happens till midnight. Right before midnight, supposedly a bunny or two enters the bridge. At no point did they ever say this. <laughs> yeah. Right before midnight, his soul, a dim light. The bunnies? I guess. Walks the tracks above the bridge. <laughs> when midnight hits, his soul stops right above the bridge, dead center, and disappears, only to reappear inside the bridge. Mm. From then... From then on, it's his soul which lights up the whole area so brightly you can't even see him. That's when he instantly kills you by slitting your throat and slashing your chest, only to hang you at the edge of the bridge. You can even see the rub marks that have worn away at the rock where the bodies were swinging. Whoever is inside the bridge ends up dead. Wait, were there two real bunnies in this story? Originally, there may have been a bunny. Man. Right. No, no, but in this short story, they say two bunnies went into the bridge? He spends all this time being like, and then three years later, it happened to three of them, and then t- but two years before that, it happened to six of them. Uh-huh. And then the end goes, now let me just, g- I'll give it to you again real fast. Too long, didn't read. Two bunnies walk into the bridge. <laughs> You're like, I, I don't know. You never said that. You never yeah. told me that. What? At no point did you ever say that there were bunnies there, actually. It was all about the bridge. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to read this. And remember... Everything except the actual myth has been in Clifton's records since the date it happened. The old Clifton Library still stands, Mm. containing those records on microfish, however you spell it. (laughs) They literally just wrote the word microfish, and then in parentheses, however you spell it. I know what they meant, so. I have looked it up myself, and it's still a mystery. I'm thinking of taking this to Unsolved Mysteries. When was this written? 1999. Okay. And then I wrote at the bottom, according to Wikipedia, there's no such thing as the Clifton, the old Clifton library. Oh, because I was going to say, you know where we have to go. It doesn't even exist. Damn. It's all horseshit. Yeah. It's all bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Evidently, the bunny man is episode two of lore. Oh, okay. Which makes me wonder if Aaron Mankey also went down the list of (laughs) legends of Wikipedia. Yeah. There's also a shitty movie called Bunny Man. (laughs) (laughs) There is a shitty movie. Evidently, everybody hated. (laughs) There's a movie called Black Volga, the first thing we talked about. Yeah. And the IMDb is just like empty. It basically said like the director name or something, and there was literally like nothing else on there. It exists, but no one will ever know about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Well, there you go, everybody. We did it. We finished the bees. Wow, this is huge. So this is tremendous. You know what this means? Here come the seas. Here come the seas, Kristen. You're absolutely right. That is what will come after B. (laughs) We are thirteenth of the way through the urban legends. Yeah, you're right. We did the A's. We did the B's. Beautiful. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, Well, there you go, everybody. There you go. And here's a little spoiler for next week. We are going to be talking about the Blair Witch Project. That's not true. It's not. That's not next week. That's not true. Oh sh. That's in two weeks. So you blew it. I blew it. Never mind. Well, in two weeks, we'll talk about the Blair Witch Project. So, That's true. So get to watching. Get to watching. Yeah, just in case you feel like you can still listen to the episode without watching, but it might be fun. Yes. Um, uh, watch the original Blair Witch. 
uh, Curse of the Blair Witch. There's mm-hmm. a Blair Witch dossier that's dynamite, an original comic book. Yep. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we will see you next week regardless. <laughs> yep. Whoops. So follow at GTTU pod on all social media. Hit up that Patreon, patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Mm-hmm. Did I mention Unsolved Mysteries at the end of Bunny Man? Oh. oh, I think I smell Unsolved Mysteries on the wind. Oh, mm. a little Easter egg for this week's Netherworld Dispatch upcoming. Perhaps, perhaps. Mm. You can also follow us online. Yep, I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with more spooky stuff. You know it. Until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the Netherworld, go we. And you know what? Let's go to that Clifton library, brother. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Let's go. <laughs> like I just forgot. Hacha! Yeah. <laughs>